You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Locked on Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available Apple, Spotify, and of course, the Odyssey app. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Locked On Browns. Make sure you're following. DMs are open. Follow back account, as you guys all know. Today's edition of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the Locked On Fantasy Football Show. Never too early. Um, Drafts start early. Me, I'm always a traditional type of August type of person. Um, But the fantasy football community never stops. Get your fill daily on the Lockdown Fantasy Football Show with Vinny Iyer. We're going to break some things down here. And normally we'd start getting the camp previews. But it just keeps happening. And it's almost to the point. And we're going to sit down with the OBRs. Jake Burns here at Jake Burns 18. Um, obviously you're all fans of his work. I mean, did 2020 not exist, Jake? And and not even look, and part of my issue with Mike Tannenbaum speaking today would be I don't care that you say he you think he's the fifth best quarterback in the AFC. That's fine. If that's your opinion, that's okay. But you can't give me non-factual information like he's only had one good year out of three. Look, 2019 was a flat tire. Baker will admit it. Everybody will admit it. But we can't take away from what he did as a rookie and leading this team to a 7-7 seven and seven record as a starter. And, yes, the Thursday night game against the Jets counts. They were losing when he came into it, folks. But where do we – I mean, now we can't even get our facts straight to try and kick this kid for whatever reason where he – you know, 19 sucked, new system – Took a while to get going. Obviously, a lot of it was due to the restraints of the 2020 season. Jake, what the hell are we even doing here? We are in in peak. Uh, I don't know if you call it silly season or, or uh, these shows. Like you know, I I made the switch Jeff on my end to go every day with the podcast, and it's like there's sometimes where I'm like I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. I just have no idea. I don't know who I'm going to talk to. <laughs> Amen, brother. And it's like. That I Steve, think I need you for five minutes. Just be funny. <laughs> yeah, give me like some some uh, fart jokes, man. I need fart jokes. But these, <laughs> I think these TV stations are going through the same thing with football season right now. Like they're just making things up. And and I, listen, I don't think it takes many sentences for Mike Tannenbaum to figure out. Like I can't believe this guy was leading an NFL franchise. I, I think you can obviously Watched point to the first Sanchez trade. Watch it firsthand. <laughs> How this team went to an AFC championship. With this guy kind of basically at the helm, it, it's it, it's miraculous that they went that far. Yeah, his logic and reasoning last week was tied to like Stefanski can he can make any quarterback good. He did it with all these guys who had a similar forty time, a similar height. It was the most. Times. It was so weird, like the data that he used to try to make this point about <laughs> what he can do with quarterbacks and and. uh yeah, I just I, he clearly doesn't like Baker. What you're going to have that there are people that don't like Russell Wilson. There are people that don't like who there are just going to be people who are like that. But the thing that gets annoying with me to me, like it's similar with Jeff Schwartz, is 
the reasoning for their Baker disdain is so strange for Mike to sit on national television as a guy who knows, like, this is going to get out to say Baker's had one good season when he set the rookie touchdown record. It's like, you, you can't go look at the data, man. Like you can't tell some Joe Schmo intern, Hey man, could you look up Baker's data from the last two years and, and throw that in my email? It's just strange. It's like, I almost feel guilty talking about it because it's so dumb. I think it sounds like our boy Dan Orlovsky is going to go on tomorrow and set his record straight. But like, I don't even have an interest in watching it because Tannebaum's going to just defend the idiot take. That's what they do. I mean, I think if you if you get behind closed doors with these guys, they're like, yeah, sometimes I just throw shit out to see if it sticks. Like Max Kellerman will be on Ryan Rosillo's pod and talk about how there's a little bit of that stuff with with first take and some different things where you, you kind of just sometimes have to you you have to go left when everyone's going right just to get attention. I think a lot of this is just trying to get attention and and it's no secret that the Browns fan base on social will give you interactions. If you say something stupid, we'll call you stupid. Um, and I think of, I, I hope, Jeff, I hope that that's a large part of what's going on here, because I don't think any of us here are trying to say Baker's a top five quarterback, but we certainly see that he's in the top third of the NFL with the potential to take a huge leap due to consistency this year. And it's like, if, if you're trying to make a statement tied around the fact that Baker's had one good season in three and Kevin Stefanski makes every quarterback good and his ceiling is X, Y, you better have good reasoning and sound data in your process to arrive there. And there has been none of that. So he's clearly ill-informed. He doesn't want to do the homework. He doesn't bring a ton of intelligence to the discussion uh, from this standpoint. There are things that he knows from, about being around. Or I, I don't know them. I'm not trying to call the guy, you know, low IQ here. But what I am saying is if you're going to take a stance the way he's taking a stance on a player like this, you better have sound reasoning and justification for it. And he doesn't. So he's wasting everybody's time. He's wasting our energy. And I would suggest to Browns fans to just ignore the guy because I think he's a pretty good, pretty big goofball in this matter. Uh, look, you know, and look, TV pays well. There's no doubt about that. Um, but for a lot of these guys, the juices forever flow to be within a front office. Even if you, you know, have to go back and you are no longer the head honcho, you know, making the calls and having your head coach on the Sopranos, all things that, you know, Mike Tannenbaum, that's where the organization certainly was at the time. Um, fool's gold, it certainly was. There is no doubt about that. But, I mean, if you don't, if you're going to try to use factual data that is wrong, don't bother. How about, I just don't see it. I mean, go with go with your gut because when you're trying to use factual data that is just inherently wrong. I mean, for God's sakes, Darren Fells was one of his top targets in 2018. Brashard Perriman was one of his top targets in 2018. Um, maybe sometimes, and we talked about this last night with Pete, is maybe sometimes you just need to say, oh, well, maybe he's good and there's players who have never looked this good looking good while playing with this guy and it just it gets annoying and it's it's such a wow factor in and this is what the biggest basically splinter in the ass of all of this is is you can't do this anymore the content created by so many people who certainly are not of the level of sitting in a chair at ESPN for any type of show is ridiculously good is excellent 
And it's not even like we have to go back and look and say, wait, you're wrong here. No, you're wrong because I don't even have to look it up. I know you're factually wrong. And millions of us do. And so many of it, whether it's me, you, and whatever, you know, every 30, uh, you know, every other 31 teams in the NFL, there is such profound coverage now, such knowledge available that we don't even have to go back to double and check it. We know just inherently you're wrong because we've seen these things a million times to back them up. When you say something, you have to understand that you're dealing in a day and age now where there's play, there's people like us, but so many fans who do not do content for a living know this information as well because it is readily available. And this is where it gets to be just absolutely asinine. We're going to jump in with an ad. We'll let Jake jump back in here and we'll see what needs to be done to basically kill all of these stupid Baker Mayfield narratives, hopefully, which can be done here in the 2021 season. Baseball season is in full swing. And for now, New York Mets, first place. I'm going to keep coming at it till they're not. So you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to their prospective league championships. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Jake, there's, but you mentioned, obviously, you know, what's going to be able to be beneficial here for Baker. Um, and this is where the whole system QB talk was a joke. Um, Cause you can't label somebody a system QB when he's forever changing systems, forever changing the person, the coachings coaches around him. But now you get to basically run this back with this ridiculously good offensive line and system quarterback. You can't blame somebody for being a system quarterback because they run the ball well. It's not his fault. It's a smart thing to do to be able to have both avenues to succeed on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but what you do see here, and for and I know we talked about this last year and why it was so unfair to not maybe give Baker some of the credit that he deserved last year, was the limitations with what this passing game was faced. But now you look at a Donovan Peoples-Jones going into year two. Odell Beckham, look, I mean, to say this may be one of the greatest ACL rehabs ever is fantastic. None of it, again, I said it yesterday, none of it is going to mean a hill of beans if it doesn't translate to the field. You bring in an Anthony Schwartz. I'm not saying you have to say Baker Mayfield is even a top 10 quarterback right now. But to ignore, after what he did last year, for what is in place this year on the offensive side of the ball, to ignore that this could be a viable conversation to have in November, December, January, it's ignorant on its face. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't particularly understand. I mean, to backtrack a little, Jeff, I think what you said is true that that for the most part, fans are smarter these days. I do think sometimes we get caught in this like in this belief that every fan has Twitter and and, and every fan has uh, what we see online. You know, that that sort of stuff is of course it's not true. There's so many more fans who are out there just not on social media that we interact with. So we get a small percentage. And I think sometimes TV people think that like 
they can just throw these things out and it'll never come back to them. Like, like it's, it's 10 years ago or more or whatever. It's, it's, there is a different feel to social media that guys like, I'm not sure guys like Mike Tannenbaum understand. Hey man, when they put that on social media, then they can say things back to you. You know that, right? Like they can come back at you. It doesn't just float out into the abyss for people to just kind of in and yell at the tv they can come back and yell at you so i think there could be some of that i don't know maybe maybe he's again he could just be trolling whatever there's there's no reason to believe baker mayfield they just say i don't see it i mean that's yeah, so disrespectful then, that doesn't to where this yeah, fan base it, is and i i think you can make are justifiable arguments for why you need to see more out of baker mayfield i don't think that's an incorrect take especially to commit the sure. type of money that they want to see people commit to him i'm i'm fine with that take i just i would like to hear your reasoning be solid and and and, and comprehensible and digestible that that, that is not built on making uh, several things up to justify your argument so i think if you look at this from you know you take your browns glasses off and you look at it what about the offense is going to be better than it was last year? You know, obviously Odell gets back healthy. Year two in a system, not just for Baker, but for everybody involved, all the wide receivers, all these guys understand the route concept, the names, the the, the cadence has been talked about in, in mini camp. Everything is tied together now. There's no guessing about the scheme. What wide receiver coach Chad O'Shea wants, all the, all the people that, are, that were there are back. So that part helps. Did they make improvements to the skill position players? Yeah, Anthony Schwartz helps. It's a wrinkle that you can add two, 300, 400 cheap passing yards. That helps. You get Odell back. I think it all adds up. Yeah, I mean, the consistency adds up that there's no reason that this team, and Baker included, shouldn't be better. They have to form an identity. I think they were forced into this identity week seven on that helped them, helped them uh, uh, kind of figure out who was going to play where and where they were going to go with getting the football to what places on the field. That stuff will have to re sort of establish itself because I think there could be wrinkles in tight end distribution this year. Cause I think they're going to feature David a little bit more. I think the wide receiver room could get interesting because they're going to have to prioritize between Schwartz DPJ and Kadero Hodge. They're going to have to sort that out. And, and people kind of forget too, that Kadero Hodge actually beat out Richard Higgins in the preseason, like they, before the season started into the season. So they like him. So the, what I'm getting at is they have to sort out their identity, what they are, who they are, where they're going, all that stuff will work out. There's nothing to me. You can look at other quarterbacks across the league and say, hey, there are reasons that this quarterback could falter some. There are changes, coordinator changes, uh, offensive line changes, skill position changes, that sort of stuff. Like, that's not the case in Cleveland. They they have everything back. They improved a little bit. They added some guys. They they they. There's no reason to think they take a step back because it's not like Kevin Stefanski's offense hadn't been run before. So when he came to Cleveland, they, teams had a full year of him as an offense coordinator in Minnesota with a very similar – uh, personnel to, to what Cleveland had. So it's not like, oh, now we got a year of Kevin Stefanski tape. We can figure this guy out. Well, no, that's not true. I think, I think they're, <laughs> they're, they're malleable. They, they, they figured out what teams are going to try and do to beat them. They showed that they can do more stuff out of the gun. They can go have your wide receiver personnel packages. There's no reason to think Baker takes a step back. You can say, I need more data. He could, I guess he could, he could just stink. He could have a terrible year. I don't know. It could happen. It's in the realm of wide range of possibilities. I just don't know how you can definitively say that's going to happen. And I don't think you can just say, well, hey, go draft a rookie and it'll work out. You don't, you don't know that. You don't know that. So I think if you're doing that kind of stuff right now, it's just for attention. It's for attention. And I want to be different than what should be said, because I think there's a pretty clear area that this should be taken into right now, kind of the lane for conversation. But uh, that's just me. I, I, I see 
I see sorts of things with Baker, but you you can't you can't look at the situation with Baker and say, I know he's going to be worse this year. I know he's replaced. I don't. I, he there's every indication that this guy could take a serious step to the thirty-five plus touchdown range, four thousand yards, uh, under ten interceptions. And then we're talking about okay, do they pay him forty million a year? Like there's there's talent there to be used. He has the I think the comfort in not only the scheme but the game slowing down a little bit for him and his physical traits I think are slept on. So I expect big things out of Baker, and I think most people with a relatively intelligent mind are, are doing the same. Before we get to another break and some listener questions, you think this gets this may get done with Baker and his contract extension before we even head to camp or even here over the summer. Gut feeling, and do you – I mean, this would have to be beneficial to the Browns long term. Yeah, I'm I'm the worst for these because I here's my take on contracts. I don't give a shit. Like I can spend my I can put my energy into looking at numbers and looking at comparison. I I just when they do it, they do it. If they don't do it, they don't do it. I, and I'm the same with the draft. Like I like to look at the draft, Jeff. But like I I'm a like who did you pick and why did you pick them? I like that player. Tell me why you like. I like hearing the coaches talk about it. If they make a decision to bring Baker, uh, sign him ahead of time. I want to know why you did it. Was there a justification for it? Like, did you think that you wanted to get out in front of paying him because you didn't want to pay that extra 10% if he had a blow up season? Like, that's the stuff I want to know. So, I, I mean, my prediction is they both waited out. The year happens, they, they work out some kind of deal. Because in my mind, the little bit of up price that you would pay, uh, I had Jordan Zerm on yesterday. We were talking about this. He kind of settles into, if we we're looking at quarterback pay tiers by, what they're supposed to make next year. He kind of settles into the 32 and a half range. If they were to sign him right now, uh, annually, uh, if they, if they wait on that, could he get to 38, 39, 40, like Deshaun and Dak? Yeah. And is it like, is, is, is 8 million that much of a difference? Does it matter that much to have Baker go out and ball out and, and lock in that he's everything you thought he was going to be? I would have no problem with the Browns doing that. So that's where, the, the basis of what we know of their front office, I think they waited out both sides doing Baker's made it pretty clear that like, Hey man, I bet on myself. I got no problem with this. I'll, I'll, I'll wait this thing out and make 40 million a year. And if I, I always go back to this, Jeff, if they wait and Baker has a friggin' fantastic season, puts up the numbers we think he's going to put up. They win a ton of games. Nobody in this, in this world is going to bitch when they sign him to a huge deal because it's like, yeah, this guy is everything we thought he's going to be. He's taken us to these places we've never been before, and I could not care less that they didn't pull the trigger before the season because they 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 have their guy. Who freaking cares? You could pick that apart if you want, but the risk-reward of the proposition, I would just prefer to see them be as smart as they can possibly be. And this isn't an I don't believe in Baker thing. If they sign him tomorrow, Jeff, I'd be like, okay, cool. I get it. Understandable. I think he's good. I've been on the Baker train since way back when. Always will be. I think he's good. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with any direction they go with this guy, but my my gut says that they wait until the end of the year. Both sides are okay with that because, you know, Baker says, I'm going to have a great year. I know I'm going to have a great year. The cap's going to jump up. I'm going to be in great bargaining position. And the Browns are also saying, would be in that position saying to themselves, we, we believe in this guy, but we want to see it another year with the consistency, with this coordinator, all of it. And we're willing to fork out the cash when it matters. And, and I think that's where it goes. Uh, my one caveat to this is, you know, you bring up names as far as, you know, Deshaun and Dak. And, you know, and this is what we touched on last night a little bit with Baker is the marketing is there. It's been there since his rookie year. And the other thing is, you know, you can look at Sean Watson and you can look at Dak Prescott and say, well, where are either of those franchises right now? 
And this could be one thing where, you know, maybe for Baker and maybe it's, you know, because quarterbacks, if it goes well, any extension Baker signs, if he were to sign it this summer, things go really well. Two summers from now, Baker sits down with his agent and says, well, okay, guys, time to maybe tear that one up and slap another one together. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't think it's going to make or break anything as far as this 2021 season goes. Um, and of course, Baker was, you know, compared to a bunch of other quarterbacks, Baker has been afforded the luxury of where he already was the number one overall pick. Um, they seem to love him endorsement wise. You know, the um, <clears throat> companies seem to, you know, enjoy using him in that capacity. And I think he's got a, He's got a different personality as far you know as his on-field personality as far as his off-field, which probably helps him in that avenue. He's able to play both ways. He's you know a tough son of a gun on the field, and he seems to be able to have the big smile whenever the cameras are around off the field, which plays well. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. Um, but again, I, I don't think whether or not he signs now or he doesn't sign now necessarily is it's not going to mean anything for the 2021 success of this franchise. If he doesn't sign, the number goes up. If he does sign, uh, gives the Browns a lot of flexibility to maybe, you know, hopefully to have a, a pretty strong run here over, you know, the next three, four, five years, which is ideally what you're looking for, even though Browns fans right now would sell their soul for just that one. I get it. I get it. We'll continue here with the OBRs. Uh, you know, man behind the X's and O's, Mr. Jake Burns. What's your favorite Bill Bar? Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup, well, maybe it's time you figure it out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You guys know mint brownie for life over here. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should get a mix box. Nine bars, two of each, 18 bars in total. Not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting, they are healthy as well. Most of the Bilt Bars contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Head on over to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, LOCKED. 15, all caps unlocked, 15, no space, at BuiltBar.com. One the listeners want to know about, Jake, and I'm sure this has to do with your OBR ties, Malik McDowell, where obviously didn't get to see much, obviously, in organized team activities. What's the word? Is there a word? Is it a wait-and-see approach with Mr. Malik McDowell, former top athlete, former top performer, and then obviously a, a lot of stuff that's going to mess up a Wikipedia page in between? Yeah, it certainly seems like they're betting on <laughs> – I, I don't know. I, it's, it, it's really hard to say, <laughs> man. It, it certainly seems like they're betting on this guy – um, the upside of the guy turning his life around and saying, we think he can, you know, he can come in here with, a, with passion, um, walk the straight and narrow. We are betting on the upside of the athlete. And uh, we think that can, that can ultimately work out. I, 
I think they also sit down and look at the negatives of it and say, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, we can just move on quickly, abruptly. It's not a problem. So, you know, to, to an extent, I, I certainly see where they're coming from. Uh, you know me, Jeff, I talk about it all the time. I'm a second chance believer. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You could call this not his second chance, whatever. I, I mean, it's all about perspective on these things. If Andrew Barry's perspective is right. I, I just don't see them necessarily being burned by it. Uh, it, because it's a very easy situation to cut bait with. But I I think at this point, especially considering he didn't get a chance to showcase himself in one of the few times he can actually get in front of the coaching staff uh, before decisions start to get made there in late July, that, uh, you know, it, it's it's a long shot to make didn't it help. faster. I, yeah, <laughs> I have not heard anything, and I know Lane hasn't heard anything one way or the other. They like the upside of the athlete. And uh, if he can if he can come in and show that in training camp, it's going to have to be quick. It's going to have to be abrupt. He might get a preseason game or two, but if it's not worth the if that juice at the end of the day there isn't worth the squeeze of the of, of potential scrutiny about the person, then they'll 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 cut bait kind of quickly there. They 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 liked his workout. I know that they see him as being in shape. They see him as being a guy who can be a disruptor uh, along the interior, disruptor and play into the backfield, but. He's got to be healthy. He can't be a guy who misses the first week of camp and expects to make the roster. So at this point, again, I said it when he was signed too. He he is a long shot to make the roster, even at a position the Browns don't have much certainty uh, because I think that they do. Although you know, although he's got some things in his background, they they do hold with high importance the smart, tough, accountable stuff. So if you're going to make the roster, you got to be tough. You got to be you got to be on the practice field. And if you're if you're if you're not the most accountable in your past, you, you better have things that make it so that's like, OK, in the NFL is a bottom line business. I think Kareem, there's no doubt Kareem is a fantastic football player. And that at the end of the day is the biggest reason he's on the Browns roster. You would need the same from Malik. But I, I don't know if you're going to get that. So I would put it at like a 15 percent chance right now. See, and this is the biggest competition he has is, you know, yes, this is the only second year of the way the Browns are currently structured. But you look at that D tackle room, they drafted Jordan Elliott. They signed Andrew Billings. They signed uh, Malik Jackson. They drafted Tommy Togiai. They were aggressive as hell in getting Marvin Wilson. So these are five guys that they already like, already sort of committed to outside of Wilson, even though they did pay a pretty penny for Marvin Wilson as an undrafted free agent. So it makes it a really, really crowded room in that respect right there. Now we will go to our next question. What would be more likely, Jake? Would it be to carry only three tight ends? And this is an interesting one. I know I talked about it with Stephen Thomas. Or not carry a traditional, quote unquote, fullback this year? Uh, I'm not sure if Steve answers the same. I know I've brought this up to Steve a couple times. The decreased use of Andy Janovich by the end of the season. You know, could you feel comfortable putting Steven Carlson? Or was it COVID related? That could have been part of it with Andy Janovich, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I I, I obviously don't know that. I, I don't know that I don't have access to Stefanski to ask that question. No, but we but don't just, get the same was... quotes from Andy Janovich that we get from Miles Garrett. Miles yeah. Garrett tells you, yeah, it's, it's a struggle, man. I'm having a hard time with it. For sure. For There's sure. No it could have been. back presser time. No, those guys don't get the limelight. So I don't know. If you're looking at pure data, it seems like they devalued that position toward the end of the year. They decided, hey, we can do everything we want to do 
feel comfortable with it. They even put uh, they even put Harrison Bryant in the backfield some in motion situations. So do you? The question becomes, and I've I've posed this question: is they're going to have to cut a good receiver if they only keep five receivers like they've traditionally done with this offense? You're going to have to let one of Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kadero Hodge, or Anthony Schwartz go. They're not going to let Schwartz go because they've just invested a ain't third in none him. of them. If it's anybody, it's that, Hodge, but it ain't none of them, in my opinion. So that brings to the next Because if you one, even wanted okay. to cut Hodge, how do you do it as your best special teams? Best special yeah, team. That's so, the tough spot there. So the, the A plus B equals C thing is, okay, then if you're going to add a receiver, you're probably <laughs> going to slim down a tight end. Or the sleeper thing, which I was talking to Steve about, is – do you let the fullback go and just say, okay, we can have Carlson play fullback if we need a fullback occasionally. Harrison Bryant can do it when we need it occasionally and we can get by that way. I think that's certainly in the mix as as far as something they can do. I predict that they end up uh, just having three tight ends and keeping Janovich. It's partly because Janovich has some special teams value too. And not that Steven Carlson doesn't obviously, but you know, I just – I just lean toward them keeping a fullback for some of the fullback-based traditional things. And there were times last year where in third and long situations, they were having Janovich stay on the field as the the sole pass protector in the backfield. So there's value to that too. So my my hunch on, on June 29th is that they keep three tight ends and keep Janovich and keep a six receiver. But I would be 0% surprised if Janovich ends up not on the roster and they try to piece the fullback position together with their fourth and third tight ends that's where i agree with you but also you know and i agree with you i think andy janovich is in a tough spot and it it sucks because there are so many teams i mean there's so little amount of teams that truly value the fullback position but you know granted this regime hasn't seen it but kareem hunt has played some fullback plus there's the threat of if i put kareem and nick on the same on the field at the same time where are the defense's eyes so to speak um, you had mentioned Harrison Bryant had done it. Carlson, a similar type of build. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to take that next progression with David Najoku, but you could if you wanted to. If you know you're in a tough spot where you don't want to lose Dearness Johnson, he's not a tiny back. Hey, if we we'd like to keep you, but could you do this if we asked you? Type of thing. I just think Andy Janovich, and it's a shame because we didn't truly get to see the whole Andy Janovich package. Maybe it's just the way the season went. Maybe he was slowed by COVID when he came back and he just wasn't the guy, you know, that, you know, we saw in Denver where they gave him the opportunity to give him the ball, throw him the ball, and he actually did some things. It just never really worked out for him here in Cleveland. You know, sometimes amends amends, you know, there'll be somebody who would be valued in having a player like Andy Janovich. But I just think with where the skill has gone with this team, I, I just don't know if there's a world where Andy Janovich is a part of, you know, this final 53 headed to week one against Kansas City. Last one here from Tyler Johnson. Given the depth and talent the Browns have on offense, this being year two in Kevin Stefanski's system, do you expect to see, and Jake, we've talked about it this since 2018, could we maybe get some no huddle and Baker, who is such a rhythm guy, why not take this to the next level because you can say you know what we're going to take those three skills out we're going to put these three skills in it's not going to affect baker we can have the defense on their heels all the time is it finally time in year four to let baker go to more of the speed and of the system that he played with in norman 
Well, the, it's finally the time because they've had <laughs> they've had less bullshit for lack of a better word to deal with they don't have to put in a new system for the first time for baker so if you're looking at which one of them makes sense yeah i mean it definitely makes sense that this would be the time to do it because he's he's there's less to learn they they go into the season and if you have paid attention i made reference to it earlier the the examples that stefanski and and avp have given about you know cadences for example that we had a certain number of cadences in last year and we expect to double that this year. Just just varying cadence types. Hip tap from a guard, uh, speed snap count where you're in the gun and the center puts his hand on the ball and it's snapped ahead of the defense being ready. Wide 80, you could do uh, dummy calls. You can do false calls. You can do um, you know red calls. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I did a chalk talk on that whole process. But, um, yeah, that's a part of it. And, and what you do when your offense is comfortable and you're putting in new wrinkles, a, a part of – uh, the things that you do already is, yeah, we're going to run two-minute drills every single day of practice at the end of practice, and it can be a part of what they do. So I don't know that they'll make it a regular part of what they do, but if there's a reason to do or sorry, not a reason, but a time to do it, this is the most logical time to do it, and especially if they run into defenses that they think rely heavily on subs, substitution packages or, hey, we get them at 11 personnel. This is the worst 11 players for their defense we can get on the field. We love our 11 personnel in this situation, and we're just going to keep them in and eliminate the defense from being able to make substitution. So I think I think it's a perfect melting spot for where it could happen. You know, that's the stuff that you love, Jeff, is those relationships that last forever, the Sean Payton, Drew Brees, the Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, all of those long-term offensive coordinator relationships uh, or play caller in general, this is where the stuff, the wrinkles start to be added and the two minute drill stuff is a part of that and Baker's good at it. And it's a thing that we could see from them. So I wouldn't sit here and say, yeah, man, it's going to be a hell of a package this year, but I do think it's a, it's a realistic outcome that they come out, especially some early portions of the year. And we finally see them putting defenses on their heels instead of playing reactionary football. It would be exciting to see. And, you know, I'm sure some folks will find a way to, for this to say a system. No, this is where the marriage becomes. Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski, I know what you're thinking before you think it. You know what I'm thinking before you think it. And this is the way in where you can maybe now get consistently in some of these games, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, getting yourself accustomed to the fact that we're going to put 30-plus up. If we got to, we'll put 40 up. And we'll find a way because we have so many skill guys we want to get the ball to. We're going to play at a faster pace. The reason we're going to do it is because I have so many guys I want to try and get the football in their hands to. I've got running backs I've got to accommodate. I've got tight ends i got to accommodate. We could sit here and fight to death about keeping six wide receivers. And Baker would love to throw the ball to any of them. So pick up the pace because you've got a big, fat, juicy lineup of skill players and you want to get everybody involved. He is Jake Burns from the OBR. The OBR film podcast, fantastic. And, you know, I remember when Jake reached out and, hey, I think I'm going to try and do this on the daily. I said, well, it's an interesting time of the year to do that, Jake. And I did tell (laughs) you that, buddy. And, you know, you see sometimes a little bit more difficult than not. Um, But make sure you're listening. Make sure you're subscribed, obviously. Uh, Jake does a fantastic job with it. Um, football knowledge, Jake brings a ton of it. 
And of course, with the guests he brings to the show, you know, you get, you know, some diversity to the podcast as well. So make sure you're following. And of course, all the guys over at the OVR, um, I talk about it a lot. We all talk about it a lot. We all know who's put in the work, who's not. It is what it is. We ain't telling lies. It speaks for itself. Uh, so make sure at Jake Burns 18, uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you're, you're um, subscribed or following the Lockdown Browns podcast. Five-star reviews, big, fat, juicy, written, written readings. I do appreciate it, guys, again, immensely. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.